Let's get started. Yesterday was Daf Lamed Aleph. Today is Daf Lamed Beis. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. Get to today's. And um, uh, so there was actually, it's the first time somebody actually sponsored um, from, from outside the shoes, listening in. Um, and uh, so we're learning Lenishmas Avram Ben Yonis and Yehuda. As well as Naftal Yosef Ben Chemnitz and Alevi, still, uh, still the year, right? This is last week. Shabbos is the right, as the art site. And uh, from Abbas Shmuel Shimon, and with that, let's get right to today's daf. Uh, so I'm going to start. So, well, I'm not even sure where to start, but I'm guessing that it's somewhere with the minhag that we saw um, based on uh, uh, what happened, that there was a party that was being made for, uh, for, for a wedding party, a wedding event, and they were a little bit too rowdy. And, uh, and basically what he had to do was, Mabre uh, Ravina uh, had to uh, sadden up the group a little bit, may give them a little bit more somber, and therefore, he uh, took a very valuable uh, goblet and uh, broke it, and that saddened them a little bit, and that was what he did. And the same story was with Rav Ashi, the same problem, and he took a very valuable glass uh, goblet and broke it in front of them to lower, to tone down. So I mentioned this last night, uh, that it's funny how... Um, somehow, the, we have the custom still, as Rotosis brings down, to break a class at a wedding, but just that's actually the key to the, the cue to start dancing very late. Yeah. 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 It's like it has the opposite, right? It has the opposite effect, but it, the point is still uh, there to like make the, you know, balance the event that it shouldn't be too rowdy. Okay. Next thing we saw is the 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 Rabbana told Rav Amnuna Zuti uh, to at the at the at Marbred Ravina's uh, wedding, uh, can you sing us a song? And uh, the song was uh, "Woe that we will die, woe that we will die." So uh, <laughs> catchy, catchy tune. Anyway, the bottom line is uh, uh, so so it's like what? Well, what do we answer to that? And the response was, is that, you know, the Torah and the mitzvahs that we perform, that protects us from that eventual, from the eventuality. Not that, that we won't die, but at least that uh, it will be under better circumstances. Anyway, the idea is, but again, I guess the, it's uh, the, the breaking of the glass really brought down. Yeah, that, that's what became the song. Anyway, very interesting. All right, next we saw it's Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Shem that it's forbidden for a person to laugh to a, fullest, uh, to a full smile in this world, and that's where puzzle comes from. The puzzle, then our mouths will be full of laughter, meaning uh, not up until then. When is that? That's only when, when the time is that the, that the nations will say, so in other words, once all the nations of the world recognize the greatness of God in his relationship with us, that's when we'll have um, our fullness of, of smiling, so only at that point in time. So they said about Rish Lakish that he never actually allowed himself to smile in this, in this way, in this world. Once he heard from Rabbi Yochran this memra, he was makbed on that. Um, next we saw is that uh, 
that it's not appropriate to come to davening from din or dvar halacha unless it's halacha psukah. And the idea being is that when one learns something that's going to like distract him from his davening because he's going to be busy thinking about a, a thorny subject uh, that he was thinking about prior to davening, that's not the best way to come into davening because then you won't be able to concentrate on your davening. So we said, well, what is an example of halacha psukah? So for that we saw a few uh, interesting <coughs> examples. First one was the uh, rabbi brought down from Rabzera that the daughters of, of Yisrael were machmir to, uh, that even if they have any amount of blood, uh, even the most tiny amount, they sit seven clean days. Even though halachically that would not be the requirement to have seven clean days if it's Vimeinita. Nevertheless, they took on this stringency. That's one. Rava says, uh, uh, another example, like Hoshaya says, that a person is allowed to do a trick with his grain to bring it into the house with the chaff on still, in a way that this way what he feeds his animals will be free from having to separate ties, so it saves him money. And that is a legal, um, illegal loophole. Okay, and then last uh, example is from Rav Huna, uh, that somebody who uh, bloodlets his animal, that's a kachim animal, that's for a korban. So that's not only also that blood, but you will also be mauled the hegdish if you utilize that blood, as opposed to the blood of uh, after the korban slaughter, because then it already does not have a tinmila b'toraisa, um, because if the korban was brought to fruition. Okay. Um, in, in practicality, how do the people come to the prayer? So we saw the Rabbanon followed our Mishnah's advice of mitoch kovid rosh, and um, and uh, the uh, Rav Ashi followed the Brisa to come from learning halacha psuka. Okay. Next, um, we saw is that uh, we talked about how one comes to davening. One shouldn't be sad before davening or lazy before davening or particularly mirthful, or uh, talking, schmoozing, or lightheadedness, um, ra- uh, or any wasteful behavior. Um, rather, it should be coming from a simcha of mitzvah. That's the best way to come to one's davening. And uh, also, when a person says, uh, leave somebody, and he's taking leave of someone else, they shouldn't just leave with a good talk, or a joke, um, or lightheadedness, or wasteful discussion, but rather they should leave with a dvar halacha, something meaningful that they share with each other, and that is something, uh, as we'll see, that's uh, that's an appropriate way to take leave of someone else, and that we find that that's what the Nevi'im said, uh, that they always ended with words of praise and comfort. also, uh, Mari Barbara uh, Rav Huna, the son of Rabbi Yirmei Baraba, um, uh, said that a person should not le- take leave of his friend without a oh, not a mitok elamitok tvar and that's a way that the friend will remember him, because by by saying that tvar halacha, thinking about it later, that says, oh, that I learned this halacha from my friend, and that's something that sticks with you. But you mentioned Chana already. No, no we get we gonna get there. That's coming up. All the Chana stories. I learn Hebrew. Okay, good. So then, that brings the story of um, Rav Kana that he was, that he accompanied Rav Shimon Barashi when he was leave taking leave, 
and uh, he mentioned, oh, maybe these uh, palm trees that they came up to, he says, were they here from the time of Adam Arishon? And he says, ah, oh, you reminded me of a very interesting thing, Membra, <laughs> that I heard from Rabbi Yosef which is, uh, there's a strange verse. The Pesach says, um, to a land that no man passed through, okay, and no, uh, uh, no man settled there, which so obviously if no man passed through, nobody settled there, that's kind of superfluous. So it's teaching us an interesting thing, that, there was, that every land was dictated by uh, Adam Arishon, whether it's going to be a place of habitation or not. Okay, and uh, only the, those places that were designated as such by Adam Arishon, that's what it's saying. So when it says, nobody passed through, and lo yashav Adam Shav, meaning Adam never established this place as a, as a place of dwelling. That's why it switches between Ish and Adam. So it's referencing Adam Arishon, that, and that's uh, a very interesting uh, thing. That was like the, uh, that was the, Dvar halacha, so to speak, that was that was shared between them when they were taking leave of each other. So it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't need to be a matter of law. You know, any dvar Torah basically is appropriate. Rav Mordechai uh, was accompanying Rav Shimon Barashi all the way for a very long distance, and that's also just an appropriate appropriate behavior. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so the mitzvah of Lavaya in general is important. Okay. Next, we talk about is for Rabbonim. What for Rabbonim? Well, uh, okay. And uh, next, we talked about is somebody who uh, davens needs to have kavana, and um, and the, and that's the pasuk that says tochen libem takshavaznecha. So we saw also Bryce says that Rebuda says that Rabbi Kiva um, had two behaviors when he was davening together with the tzibur. He would keep his uh, amida fairly short mm-hmm. so as not to be a bother for the congregation because they've been waiting for him. And when he's davening alone, it would be a while davening. Apparently he would start in one corner of the room and end up in the other due to all his bowings and etc. But his davening took a long time as well. Next, Reb Chir says the person should always daven in the house with windows because it helps concentrate. And uh, you might think you should daven all day long, but we learn from Daniel that the proper amount of prayers is three times a day. And uh, don't think it's only in, in, in Galos when he's weakened, because that was the, always his custom. Now, you might think it doesn't make a difference which way you daven. It does. You're supposed to always daven towards Yerushalayim. Quotes the Pasuk to that effect. You might think you could do all three prayers in one shot. It says, no, we learn from Davra Melech, Erev, Volker, Mitzaroyim, that we have three times a day that we daven. Now, you might think that you should be loud when you're davening. We already learned from Chana, that you should not be loud. Now, you might think a person should first ask for his things and then praise God. No, it's the other way around. We learn from the, uh, Shlomo Melech, Lishmola, Rina, Velatvila. Rina is praise of God, and then the Tvila is referring to request. person should not speak out other things, other requests, or anything after Emes Fiatsev, but only but after one finishes his amita, then there's add, you can add on as much as you want to your to your to your davening. Um, and so th- there is a I heard that the appropriate place is Shmakolein. We'll get there. That is there too. We 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 met. Yeah, you can add a whole. That's the, the next line. Yes, yes, yes. That is exactly the next line. Wait a little bit. 
<laughs> so wow. Rab Chia Bar Ashi said, in the name of Rab, even though we said a person can ask anything in Shemir Tzidah, which is in Shmakoleinu, there is a, another place besides for Shmakoleinu, which is at the right at the end of davening. You can add on as much as you want. So that's like, a, and I think what we're saying over here, the reason why there is an advantage of that is that once you're already in that end section, if they're up to kedusha or whatever, you can already answer. But you can still continue praying. You understand? That's the that's why we're giving you that this way in Shemir Tvila you don't really you shouldn't like throw in so such an extension of your davening. Um and that's uh um and that's the idea. Okay. Next we saw is um uh Rafam Nuna brings down that we learned so many great halachos just from the story of Khana. Um, so it goes through one by one. First of all, we see that Chana was speaking on her heart. So that teaches us that when one davens, one needs to concentrate on what they're saying. Okay, so that's one thing. It says her lips were moving. That teaches us that when you're davening, one shouldn't be only reading with his eyes. He needs to move his lips. Okay, her voice was not heard. That tells you that you're not supposed to raise your voice when davening your amida because. Uh, it distracts others, etc. But you're supposed to, and you also, there's a blasphemous component of that, like we saw earlier. One should be quiet when he's davening. Eli thought he was, she was drunk, which teaches us that a drunk person is not allowed to daven. Then Eli said, "Why do? You, why are you drunk?" Which teaches you that when you see somebody doing something wrong, you need to give moser. You need to uh, tell them that they're doing wrong. Chana, yes. This is on the Chiddush, yeah? Yes. So, the, uh, uh, the Kohen Gadol, had to, he didn't understand the praying of Hannah. Because she was quiet, she was standing. I it mean, was a new it, way to pray, right? It was a new way to pray. He was saying, uh, what's going on here? Right. So he consulted the Urim and Tumim. And the, war, and the letters that came out were Shikora. And the in real meaning of the real meaning of the letters was Shera. Kishira, right? It's the same letters. You have to know the order, right? So, it was okay. it was appropriate for Hannah to love in that way. Right. And he rebuked her. Right. So that's the very nice. Okay. So the the. So the phones and the It's a nice. It's a nice Yeah. But it also could be Kesara as well. Kesara. Oh, you heard that from Rabbi Maimon. Oh, really? Very nice. Oh, that's very beautiful. Like Sarah. That she's praying for a child. Very nice. That's a good one. Okay. I didn't, I didn't take that, but I heard it. Okay. Okay. Weiter. So uh, then Hannah answered, no, do not say that. Now, what does that mean? So first of all, she said, don't judge me in this matter. Uh, meaning, you're not my master in this matter. Meaning, you didn't judge me correctly. Um, and you don't have Ruach HaKodesh in this because you're suspecting me of something that I'm not. Or she was saying um, that, uh, again, basic idea, you should have judged me favorably instead of in a, in a negative way. Don't you realize I'm a woman who is suffering? 
and I have not drunk anything. So Rabbi Lazar says, this teaches us another halacha, which is that if somebody suspects you of something that you're not guilty of, you need to clarify and say, um, you know, I'm, I'm very glad you rebuked me, but I just want you to know that it happens to be that it's not applicable at this time. And that's what, because you don't want them to actually think that about you if it's not true. Of course, if it is true, then you should accept the rebuke. But when it's not true, then you can correct them. Now, don't, um, and she said, um, don't consider me a basblial. Now, what does that mean? So he teaches us that when somebody who's drunk and davening, it's like idolatry, okay? Davening when you're drunk. And then it, it's based on the puzzle because the word basblial is connected to anoshim b'nei blial who are involved in avodasara. Okay. Haley answered, go in peace. What does this mean? First of all, when you suspect somebody and they weren't guilty of it, so then you need to appease them, like he did. He says, you should, may you go in peace, that's number one. And also, you need to give them a blessing. And uh, that's the passage, may God give you your request. And in fact, it was answered. So that's the story. Um, next, she's made a vow, and she said, Hashem Tzavos. Now, what's fascinating about this, so Rabbi Lozer says that nobody ever called God by this title of Hashem Tzavos in, her prayer, in their prayer. And that's the question of... Uh, what is that? What is she connoting here? So she says that what she was saying to God is, is that God, you created so many myriads of angels and uh, um, beings that are there serving you. And um, is it such a big deal to give me one son? Okay. And it's like a parable to a king who, uh, flesh and blood, who makes a meal for his servants. <clears throat> and a poor man comes and is knocking on the door and says, Can I have a piece of bread? And uh, they ignored him. So he forced his way in to the king. And he says, look at this amazing meal that you're giving to all your servants. And you can't find one piece of bread that I can have a little something to satisfy me. And that's what Hannah was saying. So she said, Imra'otira, double expression. So Rabbi Lazar explains that what Hannah is saying to God is that God, you have a choice here. Either you see to, to that I have a son. If not, you will see to it. Meaning I'm going to force the issue. How is she going to force the issue? I'm going to go and make myself into a suspected woman of my husband, Elkanah, that, uh, that he suspects me of being with another man. I'm going to go in private with that other man. And the halacha is, the Torah says explicitly that, um, that, if, uh, that, if, that it says if she's innocent, the of in Nisra Zara. So I'm going to force my way. So either you're going to do it right or you're going to have to have your name erased, etc., and it's going to cost you. So, by this way, so you have a choice. That was the pressure. Cornered him. Cornered God. Right. She so, was sure that the Sotab right. proof she would Right. And this way, since she's innocent, she'll be able to be guaranteed to have a kid anyway. And you're not going to make your Torah false. So, I'm gonna, so it's a guarantee. So, it's a, she basically she's strong armed God. So actually that only works according to one opinion. Rabbi Shmuel is the one who says that that's what the Pasuk means, that you will be guaranteed a child if you want to have one otherwise. But according to uh, Rabbi Kiva, as we'll see, um, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a child if you weren't going to have a child, but rather all it means is that it's just going to make your childbirth that much easier the children will come out more handsome, stronger, better, uh, um, you know, better kids. But uh, nothing, or, um, uh, but, but not, not, otherwise, says Rabbi Kiva, if it was that way, then uh, all the women who can't have children are going to do this trick. It can't be that easy. So therefore, he says that's not what it possibly means. 
Anyway, the bottom line is, if you go with Rabbi Shmuel, then her, that would be a good sign, good explanation of what she's saying here. If not, meaning if you hold the Rabbi Kiva, what is the expression of Ra'ol Tira? It's just, you're right, it's not there to be a diuk, it's just the Torah, Kalashim, and the other, it's the way people speak. Okay. So the next thing we mentioned is, um, she mentioned the word, Ba'ani um, Amascha, and don't forget Amasecha, and give your Amasecha. So she's mentioning the word am- Amascha three times. So what is that teaching us? So Rabbi Yosef Rechanin explains, they're there to tell you that it's related to the word Misa. And she's saying <laughs> that there are three ways that a woman can be risking her life, basically. And like it's almost like she's arguing, oh, maybe you're not granting me kids because you don't want me to die in childbirth because there's, if I'm guilty of any of these three sins, so meaning I'm not careful in Chala, Hadlakas Aner, and Elchaz uh, Nida, then I, would, I could potentially die in childbirth because of the danger. So then maybe that's why, but I'm very careful in these mitzvahs. And in fact, I don't know if you, the, the name Chana is, stands for Chala, Nida, and Hadlakas Neros. So that's a, I don't know if you heard that one. Another Chiddush. All right. Okay. So she asked for what's called Zera Anoshim. The question is, what is Zera Anoshim? So it's an unusual expression. So either it means like a man amongst men, which is like some sort of like a, like a, like a, like a that, that in a sense is saying a, a strong man, okay, that's what she was asking for. Uh, but we'll see actually that uh, Shmuel says, no, it means the man who anoints two men, which is, uh, which indeed that's what she was granted. Shmuel became the Navi that anointed both Shaul and David Amalekh. Rabbi Yochanan says that it's a child that is compared to two men, which is Moshe and Aaron. As the Pasuk says, Moshe of Aaron Bechonov, Ushmuel Bechorishmo. So Shmuel was his great or comparable to both Moshe and Aaron. And then the rabbis say, no, what she was asking for Zerah Nashim is, is, is an average man. She wanted somebody who doesn't stand out in any way. Not, um, and that's what it uh, means, not too tall, not too short, not too, uh, not too weak, not too strong. Um, basically, plain old, not too pale, not too ruddy face, not too smart, not too stupid, just regular. And she's and Rashi says, what's wrong with an extra smart child? What that sounds wrong with that? That's what's so bad about that? The answer is, is that the, it sort of invites Ayn Hara, somebody who's a standout child. You know, like it, it usually happens is is that they don't they don't really achieve their potential because everyone's jealous of them, and that jealousy creates uh, bad bad uh, vibes, so to speak, and it creates Ayn Hara. So therefore, she wants somebody. Under the radar. That's what she was hoping for, okay? Anyway, brings us to the next thing. I'm the woman who stood here with you. Teaches us another Allah that when somebody's davening, you don't sit down next to them when they're standing and davening. You should be standing as well. And then she said, to this child I prayed. So Rebbe Lazar explains that Shmuel actually made a ruling before Eli. Okay, what happened was is that they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli. What's the slaughtering of the bull have to do with the child to Eli? So the answer is, is that what happened was is that Eli said, go find a coin to do the shechit of the carbon. And they, could, they were looking around to find a coin shochet and they couldn't find one. And he says, what do you need a coin shochet for? There's no requirement like that. The requirement is only mikabal of Eilach. Once the catching the blood needs to be a coin. 
and uh, they said, where do you, and so they brought him, they heard that, they said, they brought him to Eli. Eli said, how do you know this? He says, it's Mephorosh in the Pasuk. It doesn't say anything about going by Shkita. It just says that he shechted it. And it says, and then it, and then it says, only afterwards, the catching of the blood is requiring a coin. So Eli said, that's a beautiful pshat, and you're right. But, and therefore you need to die. Well, Machana um, heard that, and she begged forgiveness to leave him, to leave him be. So he said, let me, what do you mean, let me punish him, he'll die, and I'll give you a bracha, you should have another child. And she's like, no, no, I davened for this one. This is the one that I davened for, that's what I want. Okay. And he, apparently, he let it, he let it slide. <laughs> okay, um, anyway. Uh, now, she spoke on her heart. What does that mean, she spoke on her heart? So it was related to her heart. She said, look... Master of the universe, everything that you create in a woman is obviously for a purpose. Okay, so the eyes are for seeing, the ears yeah, are for hearing, the nose for smelling, the mouth is for what? It was a cotton, no? How could he even like, sentence him? Like, how could the bezin give him a second? Or... What? He was a cotton, no, at the time. He was a minor, yeah. So, so how could you give him a second? Yeah, it, it wasn't, it was, well, it was, it was. This whole, this is a good Russia. Okay, it's, you're asking a good question, but it doesn't mean that, it wasn't like an actual, it was like a, like a curse, so to speak. It wasn't going to be a, a Misa, uh, you know. An actual Misa. And it wasn't going to be a carrying out a death, death penalty. That's not high death penalty. Merah Rabach is deserves Misa, but it doesn't mean that uh, that no, you no actually court, kill. No, no court election. There's no it's court right. actually carries that out. It's some, it's, but, uh, it's good mostly, hey, you're coming to study with me now. You know, the, yeah, the rest no. Of life. People say that the pshat is is that he never even learned anything by Eli yet, so right. it can so be. It could be his rabbi, could be be his rabbi. rabbi. right? They say therefore it wasn't a real moralach of Nei Rabbi. Of course, who says that question? But since Eli is the God of Adar, he came to learn from him. That was the reason why he's already moralach. Anyway, bottom line is, okay, right. He let it slide in the end. Maybe that's the anyway. Bottom line is. So she said, you created a breast for a woman, for me, is no use. What's the point of it? It's to nurse a child. I'm not able to nurse a child. So that was her argument. Next we saw Rebbe Lazar in the name of Rebbe Yosef. But she was that, praising the women, no? What? She was saying about all women that all parts of their body are for a purpose. And she's saying about herself, you gave me breasts. What's what's there for? Obviously to nurse a child. So I deserve a child, so I should be able to do what's there for. Otherwise, why would you give it? That was her argument. Okay. Anyway, so um, the next thing we saw is um, uh, um, that anybody who sits in fast on Shabbos that can tear up, if if you, is very effective, so much so that it actually can tear up exerting for 70 years, even though you get punished for breaking your own Shabbos, and the only way to fix it is to fast for having fasted. Anyway, a very interesting, but it was just a, also a member from Rabbi Lazar named Rabbi Yosef Bizimra. Another quote from Rabbi Lazar is that Chana was, spoke very harshly to God, and that's a Pasuk, Al Hashem, on God, meaning that she you know, spoke harshly, and Rabbi Lazar says, Elio as well also prayed harshly to God, Spoke harshly, he says, it's your fault, God, that you gave the, the people such a strong Yetzir Hara. And in fact, God actually admitted that, in fact, it's Asher Hare Osi I was the one who did so. Anyway, that's the story. 
That's the yesterday's daf. We're going to stop here and...